Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, I am Shavana Johnson, CEO and founder of All About Us Global Media Productions Group, TV, radio, and magazine, CEO of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation Incorporated. We are a 501c3 organization on a mission to educate, engage, and mentor our parents and teens in communities on current issues surrounding our youth. Today we are asking for your support to continue providing our informative programming through our various media platforms. To make a donation, visit the Whitney E. Johnson site at www.wejfoundation.org or you can reach us at 631-521-7699 for more information. And as a reminder, all donations given are tax deductible. On behalf of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, we thank you for listening and your support. Hello, my name is Dr. Renee Charles. I am a neuro coach, a mind and brain ambassador, and author of the new book release, Remembering the Trauma and Healing It with the Trauma of Change System Model, which leverages neuroscience and spirituality for trauma healing, deliverance, and recovery. I want to welcome you to my new show, Real Talk with Dr. Renee, where we'll have an authentic dialogue about all things related to the mind, body, and brain connection. During our time together, we'll talk about how to maximize brain potential in your personal and corporate space, develop new mental maps and success strategies to overcome traumas and other life challenges we face every day. I do look forward to talking with you and taking your calls and answering some of the questions as we do life together live on this show. Listen, you may be on the road driving home, sitting at your computer, or on your way to the gym when real brain talk airs. I want you to pace yourself and get in position to optimize your brain. Join me on All About Us Radio on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And follow me on my social media outlets. At Twitter, it's at Dr. Renee Charles. Instagram is Dr. Dr. underscore Renee underscore Charles. And Facebook is simply at Dr. Dr. R-D-C Ph.D. You are listening to All About Us Radio. And to my first-time listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Brain Talk with Dr. Renee. Here, this is the space where we engage in authentic dialogue about all things related to the body, the mind, and brain connection. As you listen to the weekly show, you will learn and become intimately familiar with how to apply neural-based strategies to optimize your mind and brain. So in life, we must be intentional about everything, and it's my intention 
during this show to add value to those who will in turn add values to others. Through the exchange of information that can be empowering, revelatory, and transformative. Today, our focus conversation is on the emotional and behavioral response to the coronavirus and how we can manage our feelings of loss, fear, survivor guilt, and really navigate the pandemic that has taken over the entire world. This pandemic has re-traumatized many of people, those who have suffered with past traumas. And today we're going to really take a look at how to navigate this journey that we're on. You know, there's a lot to unpack about how the brain is involved in every aspect of our mood regulation and how we respond to everything. But before we get too deep into the topic today, I want to um, talk about how the brain processes the daily threat of life and the role of neurochemicals in managing your mood. We are going to um, take music breaks throughout um, today's conversation. And I have selected certain types of music that hopefully will lay the foundation for us to proceed and for you to get really a sense of the mood that I want to set as we actually move forward. So one of the songs that I have selected um, to kick us off is a song by Kirk Franklin, and it's called I Smile. And after listening to it, we will come right back and we will begin to dig real deeply into our emotions and how we are actually navigating uh, this pandemic. Now, in between the breaks and in the time that I'm talking, you have an opportunity to talk with me directly by calling me. Uh, if you're tuning in on your phone, you can call me at 516-666-8424 and press the option number one. If you are logging on via your computer, then you can go right to the chat room and post a question, and I will be um, alerted about it from the engineer. So I think we're ready to start with our first song by Kirk Franklin, I Smile, because we're going to have to put a smile on our face to navigate this. I'll be right back. Oh, 
honest with you. It's a day we have never seen before, April 2nd, 2020. We're grateful for seeing this day. It's a day we've never seen before, and it's a day that we'll never see again. So we're going to smile through it all. So no matter where you are or who you are, there is no doubt that COVID-19 pandemic has affected your life and how you live it. Do you know that one in four people on earth is currently in lockdown, either emotionally or physically, related to the spread of the COVID-19 virus? Every day, decisions are indexed by the question of whether, should I stay home or not? Should I go buy more food or something else or or not to? Should I panic? Um, Should I buy more toilet paper? Uh, You know, the the thoughts that we would have normally every day about deciding whether to go, to stay, or to come, or to return, or not to, have become harder every moment, every day. Over the past 30 to 90 days, during the introduction of this new decade, we have experienced shock and dismay beginning on January 26th with the devastating news of the tragic death of Kobe and Deanna Bryant and all the passengers that were on the helicopter who perished. In in previous shows, we talked about why we grieve those who we have no personal relationship with and how the shock of their death really um, got us to the core. So following the 26th, um, concerns over the coronavirus um, began to affect the world. And, and let me put this in perspective. Why was it affecting the world so much after the 26th? Because the first sign of the virus really only began, um, I think, around December 31st when the Chinese government affirmed that they were treating dozens of cases of pneumonia of unknown causes. 
and they reported that to the New York Times. So, of course, we're in the United States. We're not, you know, kind of paying that any attention because we're not in China. And so, you know, the news began to report that those individuals were believed to be infected between sometime between December the 12th and December 29th. But on January 1st, Chinese health officials closed seafood markets in Wuhan, believing wild animals that were being sold there were the source of the virus, according to CNN. So the intense media coverage really began January 1st. Spoke to the issue of the global spread of the coronavirus and has forced the United citizens to integrate a new narrative concept of sheltering in place, a type of social isolation that can either last for weeks or months. There are months being thrown out. We're going to get through this to May, to August, and it may reappear again in the fall. I mean, this is really shocking. When we talk about isolating and we talk about loneliness that comes with isolation, it's really a significant concern for mental health um, for for the United States, for the world. Isolation and the loneliness that it comes with is a huge issue. Our brain processes isolation and rejection as physical pain. We begin to really hurt emotionally. In the same way, the pain is experienced in the same area that if you would cut your arm um, with a knife or you you hurt yourself and you begin to cry, that's the same reward system center that your brain will be experiencing the rejection and the isolation. So this is real serious. You know, life is a journey and you can decide how you want to show up. You can show up as a victorious warrior or a defeated victim. Remaining calm in in and through a pandemic is not an inborn in the absence of any previous experience and creating new mental maps in your brain on how to guide your behavior in areas that you've never had experience in at best um, is very difficult. But it's not so difficult that you can't learn how to navigate it. And so we're going to talk about that. And this is one of the reasons why we are doing Real Brain Talk with Dr. Renee on All About Us Radio, so that you can learn on how to maximize your brain potential. You can manipulate your brain to going in a direction that you choose. So we'll talk about that a little deeper a little later, but let me just say this, that uncertainty and unexpected events really evokes fear and stress. Keeping calm in time of turmoil 
It's actually a learned behavior. You have to learn how to stay calm in the middle of a storm. You have to learn that. You're not born with that skill. And so we want to teach you how to do that. Many of us know everything about our brain, We know about our body. I'm, I'm sorry. You know how your, your heart works. You know how your stomach works. You know how your lungs work. You know about all of the 10 systems in your body. But very, very little do you know about that three-pound organ that's housed in your skull. But stay tuned with me uh, on a weekly basis, and you will be empowered to know how to maximize your brain potential. So as habit-forming beings, you cannot expect to remain calm in a chaotic time if you have not done the work to create a more resilient brain and mind. That takes energy, it takes practice, it takes deliberation. So just by saying the word, or just by me telling you to stay calm, that doesn't help the brain to calm down. Just saying stay calm does not help your brain calm down. Our time together on Real Brain Talk with Dr. Renee will cover how to manage the heightened fear, your panic, and your faith in times of trouble. Our response to a crisis is dictated by the brainstem. That's the lower primitive brain function. It is connected to your spinal cord. That is the lowest level of your brain functioning. It controls all of your automatic responses like breathing. It, it controls your walking, your muscle movement. It controls parts of you that you don't even have to think about working. So when was the last time you thought about, okay, I'm going to get up and breathe today? You don't. Get up and breathe. That's because your brain sin is working. What happens, though, when we are challenged with anticipation of, of threat, fear, um, danger, it is the brainstem that responds with the fight or flight response, which robs us um, of, of the skills to control that ability. And so we need to learn how to kick that up to a higher brain functioning. So there are three levels of the brain, and the first level of the brain that we talked about is the primitive level of the brain, which is the brainstem. The next level is your limbic system, and it has about five different components to it. I'm not going to go into that today, but I'll highlight just one that's really prevalent in your fear response, which is called the amygdala. But the highest form of your brain function is found in the cerebral cortex, and we will call that the CEO of this great body. So what happens when you are confronted with deep fear and anxiety? The reaction of that fear and anxiety actually starts when two segments of your brain, one is called the amygdala, 
it begins to interpret a situation as a threat. It is like an alarm clock. It's actually like your burglar alarm in your house. When you set your burglar alarm for false entry, anyone comes in, the alarm system will immediately alert you that there's danger, that someone's coming into your home that shouldn't be there. Well, so it is in the natural, so it is in your brain. There is an alarm system that God has made this body so uniquely designed that you are already equipped to know when there is danger. And so we know that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, but there is an alarm system that says that there is danger that's impeding around you and you need to do something about it. Fear perception causes your brain to secrete hormones that tells your nervous system to prepare your body to take drastic action, to run, to stand still, to fight, to strategize. Your breath will get short. Your body floods your muscle with blood. And the peripheral vision goes away and so forth. So you can't see as well when you're, you're, you're afraid when you're in a panic, but your body is telling you there's something that's going on. So this can be very challenging to remain calm when circumstances are uncertain, especially when those around you are confirming your worry, like like Fox News and, and CNN and reporting all these deaths. No one's telling you how many people are living through this thing, um, how long we're going to be sheltered in place, and, and this is going to extend to this time. And Every day they're, they're, they're reporting the number of deaths. I believe, and I think the president um, is going to halt that report. The more we hear about the deaths, the heightened the amygdala becomes. The heightened, the blood brainstem begins to send messages to your body, and your body will respond. So learning to stay calm in times of chaos requires the establishment of new mental maps or the creation of new brain cells that will create new pathways to access higher brain functioning in times of uncertainty. So when I talk about new pathways, new mental maps, I want you to think about your GPS in your car. When you're trying to get from one place to another, you're asking for directions. Now, I always recommend when you're traveling from point A to point B and you're doing this constantly, you're taking the same pathway to work every day. When you do that, um, your brain becomes on autopilot. You can be talking on the phone, you can be doing other things, but you automatically you know that route to get from one place to another. So you have established a mental map on how to get from point A to point B. Now, our brains is a habit-forming organ. It likes habits. The brain really doesn't like anything new, but you can force the brain to like it. And how you force the brain to, to like something new is by creating and reduplicating the same thing over and over and over. So when I talked about you can learn how to be calm is because you're going to practice it. So whatever you do for 30 days consistently becomes a habit. And so habits are formed 
in the ACC of your brain. This is called the acubum. That's how habits are formed, and this is why habits are very difficult to break, but not impossible. So whatever you do for 30 days becomes a, a habit, and whatever you do for 60 days becomes a practice. But whatever you do for 90 days can become a lifestyle. And so you train the brain that I am going to be calm in this situation because I'm going to now implement some strategies consistently every day, and my brain is going to adjust. So the brain takes the shape of whatever the mind rests on. Do you know that our brain is like silly putty? It's moldable. It's, we call that neuroplasticity. You can create new brain cells every time you do something new consistently, something new, learn a new song, something new, read a new book, something new, um, learn, play a new, new um, piece of music, something new learn a new language. This is how you create new brain cells. Now, historically, people think that you can't create new brain cells. Once you lose them, they're dead. But that's a myth. You can create new brain cells. And when you create new brain cells, you create new pathways. And so the behaviors you develop now will travel in that memory pathway. So when you, you drive your GPS and you've been at a place before that you use your GPS. When you look at your car, there's a there's a, a, a part in your car that says, um, do you want to travel back to the same place that you have visited before? You press that automatically. You don't have to put the address in no more. You don't have to, to rethink how to get there. So same thing happens with your brain. So the more we understand ourselves, the more we understand our brain, the less we we'll fear. And the less we fear, the more empowered we will be. So this is the type of efficient machine that was ever created is the brain, created by our creator. So a traumatic event such as the pandemic can disrupt the body's natural equilibrium. So there's a wealth of, of research that's documented in journals of medicine and psychology on the effects of trauma. A common denominator of the effects of trauma is that, number one, it's unscheduled. It's out of ordinary life events. It's increasingly stressful and overwhelming and may also challenge a person's core belief about who they are, their security, and life as a whole. This pandemic is not something that was planned in our mindset. It may have been planned by somebody, but it's not a normal anticipation of an event that we would generally expect. So the vicissitudes of life in general have unscheduled events that can shape the human experience and challenge one's belief about their ability to deal with threats and to their psychological safety. This challenges our psychological safety. Now, the lenses in which we, we use to think, to feel, to assess the threat, to learn, to remember, and to view the world and make sense of those things around us are profoundly altered by traumatic experiences. Regular routines that we do every day uh, becomes more demanding. 
um, emotionally draining. Um, we have to pull on aspects of ourselves that we probably have never exercised before emotionally. We're trying to cope with something that's so unknown, so life-threatening that it's like, can we make it? People are engaging in behaviors that makes absolutely no sense. Like buying thousands of rolls of toilet paper. This is a stress response that we are experiencing. You are listening to Real Brain Talk with Dr. Renee. We welcome your questions and comments. Call us at any point during the show now. If you dial in at 516-666-8424, then press option one. If you want to talk to me or ask me a question and, and trying to, you know, unravel this stuff, let's do life together live on All About Us Radio. If you want to chat, send me a question. Let's, just, let's do this thing together. We are in this together. We're going to pause for a minute. We're going to take another music station break as we listen to a song by Commission that I think is just right for us to listen to at this juncture. It's called Hold Me. We'll be right back. I just want to write you a letter. I have to be very honest with you right now. I don't really know how to say this.
we introduce the definition and meaning of neuroscience or neurobiology. Neuroscience is the study of the structure and function of the brain and the nervous system. We also differentiated the different meanings between your brain and how our brain interprets information from the outside world. We shared differences between the brain and the mind. You may have never heard this before, but I want you to remember this, that your brain is not your mind and your mind is not your brain. So let me give you a real quick review for the new listeners and a refresher for those returning listeners to the show. The brain is a three-pound tangible organ that can be touched. It can be seen through magnetic resonance, imaging, when you take an MRI. It can be weighed um, during an autopsy, the first thing they do. After cutting you open, they take your brain out and they weigh it to see how much shrinkage or damage has occurred. The brain is comprised of trillions of cells, cell-to-cell networks. This is a circuitry, just like your lights are connected electronically. These cells communicate with each other, um, very similar to how a computer communicates with different parts of the network. It's, it's uh, components as well. The brain is not your mind, and your mind, again, is not your brain. The mind, what is the mind? The mind is the platform that regulates the flow of information and energy. The mind is invisible. It's non-physical. It's unlimited energy, creating thoughts and feelings, sending signals to the brain for conscious interpretation. You cannot touch the brain. You cannot see, you can, I'm sorry, you cannot touch the mind. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't taste it. You can't touch it but it absolutely is there. It is the vessel in which electronic impulses create thought. So where did these thoughts come from? The thoughts come from your reaction to the environment. So a thought is an electrochemical event taking place in your nerve cells, producing this huge cascade of physiological changes. You know, thoughts are really real. So the word of God says, so a man thinketh in his thought, in his mind, so shall he be. You think you're going to be sick? You just sent a signal to the brain, we are going to be sick. If you think you're going to die from the coronavirus, you just sent a message to your brain that we are going to die. So you have the authority to control your thought. Mind you that your mind is not your brain. Your mind sends a signal to your brain, and the brain takes the shape of whatever you just thought about. It's just like if I called you right now on your cell phone, you will hear it ring. Not until you pick up that cell phone and answer it do you represent the brain. I hope that, that that's clear. So you have to know that thoughts are real and thoughts are things. Your thoughts program every cell in your body. Can you imagine that we have about 70,000 to 100 thoughts per day, but only 5% of those thoughts are conscious thoughts. The rest of the 95% are, are repressed in your subconscious mind. Sometimes they come out of dreams. You know, subconscious thoughts they really struggle to be conscious. They really want to be known. But you do have these thoughts every day. These are thoughts that emerge in your mind. 
Again, your mind is an invisible organ. You can't touch it. You can't taste it. You can't feel it. So when you think about anything, it creates a feeling. And when you feel anything, you are now pushed to the next level to decide. So when you think, you feel. When you feel, you decide. And you choose an action. So watch your thoughts. Because your thoughts are going to create feelings. And feelings is going to create an action. So the mind can influence the behavior on subatomic particles and physical matter. The power of our thoughts and feelings allows us to manifest our desires. So this little three-pound supercomputer inside your skull just simultaneously processes facts and faces. It stores memory. It sweeps out toxins as you sleep. It controls your movements and your speech. And it makes decisions based on what you have embraced in your mind. So trauma, what does trauma have to do with this? You know, renowned trauma expert, Bessel van der Kerk, he's the author of The Body Keeps Score, and he says that trauma has to do with your body being reset to interpret the world as a dangerous place. Right now, our bodies are on reset. We are looking at everything as dangerous to our environment. So we're stressed out about that. The fact is that we see the world through a lens that's dimly lit, meaning that we see what our mind will allow us to see. Uh, Our brain has a fixed lens, and it only picks up things that are familiar and comfortable, in other words. So in the context of COVID-19, Knowing what action to take is quite a task. Should I go? Should I stay? I was struggling with whether or not I should jump on the plane to go to Atlanta where my son and my daughter is. My grandson came home uh, to New York for spring break, and I have a dog here, and I have a huge business here, but I want to be with my family. I want to jump on the plane. Well, should I go or should I stay? They are locking down entrance to all different states. People from New York is now being viewed as as a a potential threat. I could feel rejected about that. So I'm trying to deal with, should I go, should I stay? So when we look through our own personal lenses, we see the world in such a way, it has to make sense to us. So there are a significant number of factors that goes into how we fix our vision. Okay. One. Who has the time to step back and consider what can do? Because we are, you know, New York, as New Yorkers, and I don't know how many people are listening from different places, we take action immediately. It doesn't require a whole lot of thought to that. But with the media bombarding us, um, we're living in a 24-hour news cycle. We rarely turn off the television. We're constantly exposed to stimulus being shoved at us. The media is feeling panic, fright. And it seems to only report the number of deaths, minute by minute. Filtering information takes time and effort in our brain. So what can you do? Turn the TV off. Stop listening. That's one thing that's in your control. No one is making you watch television. When people want to tell you about who died last week, who died tomorrow, tell them, listen, shut it down. I'm not a garbage can. 
I prefer not to process that information. The question was, what can I do? You can shut it down. You can teach people how to treat you. That's one thing. Let me move further. So to address the emotional, cognitive, and behavioral response to COVID-19, we need to only turn our attention to one or more of three modes of operation. One, harness your emotion. You got to recognize that you are having mixed feelings, and those feelings are trying to permeate your life on a daily basis. Feelings of, of, of nostalgia, hope, um, fear. You all loved ones who have gone. These things are, are hitting you every moment. Many of us have lost loved ones. How do I process that? Um, you know, as a psychotherapist and a neural coach, I recommend that you embrace ambivalent feelings and emotions and to also to label them. When you label an emotion with your feeling, I, you know, I feel depressed. I feel um, at a loss. I feel whatever it is that you're saying you feel, let's, let's give it a label. Labeling emotions give you a sense of control when you do that. Your brain feels like it's in control when you give it a name, okay? Go through the list of emotions that you are feeling. Fear. Fear is an emotion. Frustration is emotion. You can relabel the, the word fear and relabel it as saying it's anticipation. I anticipate as opposed to say I fear. Or frustration, relabel that as saying I have, I have a desire. Or relabel the word worry and say I'm concerned about my family, as opposed to I'm worried about my son in Atlanta. When I use the word worry, my brain processes worry very differently than when I say I'm concerned about my, my son. So I want you to, to practice relabeling those kinds of things. When you relabel your emotions, you are using controllable parts of your brain to convince your amygdala, that's the emotional brain, that this is not a fight or flight situation, but instead a stay aware, a, more, a watchful, be watchful situation, um, or even just to kind of sit back and, and see what happens. Keep calm. Now, calmness is a polar opposite of anxiety, and it's associated with open-mindedness, being flexible in your thinking, and being resourceful. This is just what we need during this situation. So there's some daily activities that elicit calmness, such as a short, short meditation on the word of God. It can help you gain control of your emotions so that you don't lose control. It can be very challenging to remain calm when circumstances are very uncertain, especially when those around you are confirming your worries. Learning to stay calm in times of chaos requires the establishment of new mental maps that I talked to you about to create those new pathways. Just went over relabeling some of those emotions. When you do that, when you actually take authority over the threat fear thoughts by relabeling your emotion and reframing a disabling belief or a thought by adding a different alternative to the endpoint of what you envision, to have happened, like for instance, any word that follows the word I is declarative and prophetic. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. 
by adding a positive declaration after the word I, you can now shift your energy and mood. You are what you think. When you do this, you just interrupt the feedback loop at two levels. In this step, you eliminate the emotional impetus that created the fight or flight response that emerges right out of your brainstem. So you're in control, in control of your what you think, and what you think sends a message to your brain. You are listening to Real Brain Talk with Dr. Renee. We welcome your questions and comments. Call us at any time during the show. If you want to talk with me, if you dialed in, 516-666-8424, press option one, or send me a message over the um, chat room. Let's do life together on All About Us Radio. We're going to listen to another song. Um, I'm not quite sure if the song that I selected is ready, but we're going to play Happy, the song Happy. I'll be right back. continues. 
Number one, you need to know the facts, but don't linger on them. Control your thoughts. And you can control your thoughts. I already laid that out how you can do that. If you change the way you look at things, you can change the things you look at will change. Um, adopt a, an effective behavior change. You know, we have to wash our hands. We have to have social distancing. You have to commit in investing new ways of doing old things. Hand washing for 20 seconds. You need to know that and feel that confident that the change is possible and change will be worthwhile and will lead to an effective outcome. Exercise. When you exercise, you are going to increase the oxygen in your brain, and that's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel strong. It's going to make you make better decisions. It's going to make you respond to panic in a different way. And when I talked about breathing, it's called squared breathing. I want you to try squared breathing. It's simple but powerful tool to relax um, head to toe while simultaneously slowing down your thoughts. This is how it works. Start by taking a deep inhale while you count to four. Deep inhale, count to four. Hold that breath for another four counts, followed by a very long exhale, up to seven counts. Repeat this a few times, and you'll notice how your mind and body is going to respond. So to the caller earlier, ask, what can I do? That's what you can do. And it takes nobody to be involved in that but you. Remember, go easy on yourself. The virus situation can make everyday life feel unbearable. Embrace the word of God with the undergirding scripture found in Psalms 91. According to the NIV version, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high God will rest in the shadow of the almighty. That's the kind of sheltering in place that I'm familiar with, and that's exactly what I'm doing. You may ask the question, at what point should I seek professional help? I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can't focus on my thoughts. Will I die? Will, will a virus take me over? Will my loved ones be taken out? Are you anticipating the worst action that can happen? You know, words do not just dissipate in the atmosphere. Words create worlds. So whatever words you release in the atmosphere, because we are made in the image and likeness of God, it's going to find a resting place. And God's word never returns to him void. So be careful of what you're saying. But if, if you are in need of support, you can reach out and get support. Are you scheduling what's going to happen to you or someone else in your mind? I want you to stop it. Take a deep breath. Practice just the breathing I just shared with you. Contrary to popular misunderstanding, you don't have to be crazy or desperate or on the brink of a meltdown to engage in talk therapy. As a licensed psychotherapist and mind and brain ambassador and social psychologist, I offer both secular and non-secular therapeutic intervention to influences, individuals, couples, and ecumenical leaders. Most people can benefit from therapy at least one time in their life. Actually, it's a sign of strength. Sometimes the signs are obvious, but other times slightly off. So if, if you're thinking about harming yourself, you're thinking about using drugs, you're feeling that you can't make it, or you're feeling that um, you 
just want to give up, you need to talk to someone, and I'm available to listen. We are winding up our last part of our show. I just want to let you know that we are here to take your calls. Um, If you feel that you're unable to control certain behaviors and you can't stop despite the negative consequences in your life, you may be struggling with some kind of um, anxiety or compulsive behavior that requires an intervention, call me. Find me on my website, drreneecharles.com. You are listening with Real Brain Talk with Dr. Renee. Um, We welcome your questions. I want you to know that um, in the weeks to come, we will be talking about deeper about trauma as well as my new book, Remembering the Trauma and Healing It with the Trauma of Chain System and its companion workbook available on Amazon.com. So I'm going to leave you at this point, and if there's no questions, I'm going to meet you next week, same place, same time. Real Brain Talk with Dr. Renee on All About Us Radio. Um, if you've lost someone during this season, we are praying and uplifting Um, you in prayer, and know that um, we are here to listen, to help, and to pray with you. So um, at this point, I'm going to say God bless you. Um, Hope to see you and hear from you. Uh, Send me an email. I can be reached at contact at drreneedcharles at gmail.com, Dr. I'm sorry, contact at drreneedcharles.com. I'm on Twitter at, oh, what's my Twitter? My Twitter is, I'm sorry, at drreneecharles. My Instagram site is dr underscore renee underscore charles. And Facebook is at drrsphd. See you next week. Visit my website to locate prior podcasts that you can listen to. They're all recorded, and you can replay them. God bless you, and we're going to end with our last song, and see you soon. Bye-bye. Come on, where are the worship with praises? Learn how to give God praise with all of your might. Everything that's within you. The Bible declares that David danced before the Lord. Everything that was with all his might, that people couldn't stand it, but I'm gonna do it. Take this.
everyone, I am Shavana Johnson, CEO and founder of All About Us Global Media Productions Group, TV, radio, and magazine. CEO of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, Incorporated. We are a 501c3 organization on a mission to educate, engage, and mentor our parents and teens in communities on current issues surrounding our youth. Today, we are asking for your support to continue providing our informative programming through our various media platforms. To make a donation, visit the Whitney E. Johnson site at www.wejfoundation.org or you can reach us at 631-521-7699 for more information. And as a reminder, all donations given are tax deductible. On behalf of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, we thank you for listening and your support.